The Create Well podcast is recorded on the ancestral lands of the Tongva people. Here at Create Well, we are a labor of love, and we need your support to keep this podcast going. If you have the means, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash createwell, or go to our website, createwellpodcast.com, and click the donate button. Or if you can't support monetarily, please rate and review our podcast. Every bit helps. Welcome to the Create Well podcast, where we explore the intersection of creativity, wellness, and entrepreneurship. I'm Ray Saragossa, singer, songwriter, composer, roller skater, dog mom, and you can find my work on IG at at Ray Saragossa. And I'm Erica Ivan. I'm a painter, an almost 30-year-old, <laughs> and uh, also a puppy mom. And this week, we got to sit down with professional volleyball player Lauren Shad to talk about utilizing your gifts for change. Almost 30? <laughs> Almost 30. What? So oh many mixed emotions. Yeah. I like see I I see you as like this like timeless <laughs> like goddess. <gasps> I didn't really even realize you oh had an age, you know. <laughs> like you are both 30 and 107 Thank to you. me. <laughs> That's like a really high compliment. Um oh my gosh. Yeah, no. I'm like still mourning the fact that I'm not Gen Z, but also I know. excited to be We 30. will never be Gen Z as, <laughs> as hard as we try. I'm not going backwards in age, but um no, yeah, I'm like I'm well, as you know, I'm I'm not a big like holiday celebration mm-hmm. all that stuff, but I think it'll be cool to be 30. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you're 30. Like, right. You know, you've, you know, I've already done a lot of things in life. Other people. I'm like, yeah. we did it. We I hear, it. I hear life starts at 30. <laughs> Perfect. I hear about then that. It just has to keep getting better. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm more so complicated. Down. That's Always really exciting. Do you have any like plans that, I don't know. I'm, I am traveling with oh yes yeah with Nicole you told us who we've talked with before yeah that's so exciting thanks for vaccines Ooh. by my 30th birthday yay <laughs> but we're Party. gonna be super safe and actually it's gonna be mostly like a work trip yeah so we're just gonna spend time together that's and gonna get be a amazing lot of work done. that's gonna be amazing yeah she's is... like my hero so working with her is like oh my gosh up. she's my hero <laughs> right <laughs> what a coincidence she's everyone's hero <laughs> yeah she's everyone's Truly. hero um, um yeah but how are you i'm good i feel like i've had a really intense week mm-hmm. just like a lot i've had some like changes in my team yeah um and so I've taken on more responsibilities Ooh. than I had before, yes. is what I'll say. And um, that's hard. I'm, like, taking on more of the logistical back end of my business. And I have not written a song or done much mm-hmm. creative in the past week and a half. And I'm okay with that. I think that I, at other times I've been really hard on myself of, like, how can you call yourself a songwriter if you haven't written, written a yeah. song in the past week and a half? But, you know as a creative entrepreneur, sometimes you're going to go through these seasons where it's not going to be cute or sexy. You're going to be behind Mm -hmm. your computer, answering emails, figuring out Mm. financial blah, blah, blahs. Mm. And so I'm kind of like in that right now. Um, but I've gotten really organized and that's been really helping. Like I'm I have I don't know it's not like a plug for Asana but I on Asana now uh-huh. which is like and I'm just really getting my to-do lists all in order and um just yeah trying to be more efficient yeah um so that's been helping and uh so yeah it's just been like a week it's definitely been a week of a lot of like stuff to do and responsibilities and yeah, yeah I don't know there, I just want to do something creative it's such a like a give and take between holding more responsibility for your like professional life as an artist um, and delegating it. Some of it I'm sure feels really great to be like holding a bit more of the control and the the determination and um, kind of like coming back home. Yeah. But 
at the same time, you also just want time to like sit here and play music because that's what you need to do to have yeah. something to work with. So it's, it really is a give and take. Um, it's a dance for sure. Yeah. I think that like kind of how I feel like right now is it's, I've been telling myself, it's like, I kind of have to take it apart to build it back up stronger. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's what I feel. And like, you know, 2021 was my near delegation. We talked about that, mm-hmm. but also, um, sometimes it's like, you have to like re-examine and then redelegate. So yeah, so interesting yeah. because you really did go into this year saying this is my year of delegation. I'm yeah, gonna, you and know? now I've like taken <laughs> on like, more responsibilities. Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah, maybe, maybe I think we it's should all be more comfortable with that. Like you said, the kind of dance of it. Yeah, um, and like even like I think the thing to remember is like even when you are delegating, remember that like you are still the CEO of your creative yeah um, thing and. You have to, you can't just delegate and then like be like, look so long. Now you right. can take care of it. You have to always be on top of your business. Yeah. And so. No, that's the best advice I yeah. heard about scaling. And I think we've talked about mm. it before is that mm. you have to know how to do every piece before you hand it off to somebody. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes I think we like lose some of those skill sets when we're handing it off. So to yeah. be able to pull it back in and really right. like cultivate right. that is good. Yeah, and I just, like, I don't know. I've been really feeling like my career is a long game far more Mm. than before. I think that especially when I was a little younger, I had this, like, romanticized version of my creative career where it was, like, there's going to be this moment where I make it and then everything is just going to, like, be easy the rest of my life. Yeah. And I just think that that's cute, but not... (laughs) It's really a cute idea. It's cute, um, but it's really not how it goes generally ever and even if it does usually there is like even when you quote unquote make it there's still work to be done and so um I've just really been feeling more and more about you know this is just this is the craft this is the work Mm -hmm. it's always going to be sometimes you're gonna have more responsibilities sometimes you're gonna be less things come in season it ebbs and flows take it as it comes do your best and the creativity will will be there for you when mm. you get all the emails done. <laughs> yes. Um, oh but how are you otherwise? Otherwise, I, I'm i good. I've had some fun photo sessions the last couple nice. weeks. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to yeah, I bet. two time away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, yes, that's, all, that's all that's on my brain. So um, I love it. But yeah, this week, Mm-hmm. I loved interviewing Lauren. I loved this interview so mm-hmm. much. She's I, like the most chill. Like you want her in any room with her and yeah. for her to talk to other people for you because yeah. she's so brilliant and like yeah. calm. And she gave cool. me goosebumps. Yeah. Like I felt like I was just like hanging out with both of you. And I was like major FOMO. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I want to hang out with her. I um, have tried very hard to get her to move here, but yeah. she has this lovely man in her life. And yeah. she, you know, loves playing volleyball. <laughs> so Yeah, like, how could, how dare she come hang out with us over here? Yeah, but yeah, I'm just very inspired by everything she does and major jealous of, like, how cool it is that she's an athlete. I think oh both gosh. of us kind of have that, like... I know. In, in, our, in our dreams, we're an athlete. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No. In our daydreams, we fall asleep. We're, like, in our dreams, like, I'm just, like, you know, a pro, a pro roller skater, like... I sw- love that you go to roller skating. and swerving. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, doing spins and, like, jumping and, yes. you know. And then you're a pro, like pole dancing um (laughs) um track racing is what i really wanted to do but it you know it hasn't come in to fruition yet you still still you're an amazing figure skater i know because i've seen you on inline skates and it is majestic not falling over that's that's the key that's my one skill no knee pads uh that's true um but I, we will take a minute to say that we do have to trigger warning this episode. Um, we are going to be talking about things that deal with sexual violence, rape, and murder. So please turn this off now if that's not something you want to dive into. And as always, if um, you know your mental health is in a rough spot, please reach out to your local crisis hotline. Um, we totally support you doing that. Yes. It's a good Thank practice. Thank you. Um, we... Um, you did talk a lot about 
MMIW. Yes. In this episode. And so um, I thought it would be good to take like a second to chat a little bit about MMIW and what it is exactly to those who don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So um, MMIW stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. There are also other formats of that that include girls and mm-hmm. two-spirit folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we wanted to actually pull from another really brilliant podcast. Um, this is the All My Relations podcast. Mm-hmm. They did a great infographic um, on May 5th because it was Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Awareness Day. Mm-hmm. So we'll just pull a couple of the stats that they spoke about to give some context for yeah. what the MMIW crisis is. Um, so more than four in five Native women have experienced violence in their lifetime. Um, in some areas of the country, Native women face murder rates at 10 times the national average. Um, and Native women are two and a half times more likely to be raped or the victim of sexual assault compared to the rest of the country. Um, there's plenty of other stats about this, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of great resources um, uh, and leaders in the conversation. Um, and and Lauren gets into some of that yeah. places that, that you can go to learn more and get engaged. Yes, um, absolutely. And it was a really heavy um week yeah in turn that like i mean it's been a very heavy like far more than a week but um there was the in uh the thing that happened with instagram which Mm -hmm. we can talk on real quick about um may 5th was missing and murdered indigenous women girls two spirit um awareness day and the following day um many of you know, the folks who have been posting about it and yep. doing all this work to bring awareness saw that their posts were all deleted. Right. And it's just this... All of the story reshares that yeah. Evan put up. And it was particularly towards MMIW stories, stories that dealt with what's happening in Colombia yeah. and then stories that dealt with what's happening in Israel-Palestine. Mm. And so um, it it's definitely, you know, I uh, I went to a, a 5K run at that um, Rising Hearts and Jordan Marie Daniel mm-hmm. put together um, just to raise funds and spread awareness for MMIW. And, you know, she had put so much work into yeah. um, everything she was doing for May 5th and just the the heartbreak of mm-hmm. seeing all of that and all these shares and all of these personal accounts and these people's stories being taken down from Instagram was yeah. this, this, like, just this very horrifying um horrifying thing and so um if that's not already on your radar listeners i hope like it's good to know and then see that the silencing of um indigenous people Mm -hmm. and of women and girls and their and Mm -hmm. their struggles is something that is constantly happening even on a place like instagram where we get all of our information right quote unquote and so, um, anyway, we just wanted to put that out there. And it was really amazing to hear you and Lauren talk about this and, and everything she's doing mm-hmm. as a professional athlete with her platform. And globally, right? And globally, because she's, she's in France. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I don't want to give too much away mm-hmm. from the interview, but it's just really incredible to see how she uses her gifts, yeah. her platform, her art form, mm-hmm. Um and has used and has leveraged that into building so much awareness and making change in her sphere where you know she really is truly one of the only indigenous people in her circles and her team and you know where she is and so um it's just incredibly powerful and inspiring um and definitely makes me think about more about you know my platform and and how we can all leverage and, and use our own little ways of building these creative ways of building awareness you know mm. and so um yeah it was just a really powerful interview and 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 beyond that you know she talks about what it's like just like in the day-to-day of being yeah. an athlete right which we don't know about i know i <laughs> was so like good. and and yeah. we have so much to learn from you know we have so much to learn from <laughs> and you know um you know without giving away too much um what i loved so much about the interview was mm-hmm. when she talks about the process of getting hired as an athlete mm. is literally the same thing as getting hired as a Dang. musician. 
like the same process yeah. and it really shows that how much um you know playing a game like volleyball um is such a creative art form and it's so aligned with a lot of other creative art forms in the process of how yeah. to grow right and yeah aligned in the positive ways and yeah. the negative ways. and the negative <laughs> ways absolutely I, I mean i think her, she her team during undergrad like as a female athlete in the yeah. professional world you are facing a lot of the exact same thing you know yeah. i mean and it's it's, it's global yeah. those mm-hmm. kind of barriers but um yeah. she navigates them with so much power yeah. um so yeah let's jump in yes Lauren, welcome. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh my gosh. So how long has it been since I've been since I've seen you? Uh, like, I think I mean last was it last two summer? Years? No, no, no. It was the summer before that because I had my green hair. So um <laughs> <laughs> it's when we shot with my green hair. So yes. Two summers ago. Yeah, two years. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's wow. unbelievable. Um so I've introduced you before we we talk, but can you introduce yourself in your own words to those that are listening? Yes, of course. Um, I'll just start with, I guess, my more traditional um, introduction. I try to do that when I'm doing like podcasts and stuff, just to, yes. it's good for me anyway. So, Mitaki Yapi, Chante Washte, Nape Chizapie, La Lauren Shad, Imachi Yapie, Lakota Hemie. Um, hello, my relatives. Um, I greet you with a good heart. My name is Lauren Shad, and I am Cheyenne River Lakota. And I'm really excited to be on the Cre- Create Well podcast and to be um, talking to Erica right now. Ooh, I'm so happy <laughs> to have you here, particularly, and we'll get into a lot of this mm-hmm. because you're a professional athlete. Yes. We haven't had like a professional athlete on here yet, <laughs> and I'm excited about it because I think so often the the divide between art and athleticism mm-hmm. is like totally overhyped and like mm-hmm. really overplayed yeah <laughs> and, for um, sure. and it's a loss I think for all of us yeah I mean I don't know from a, a professional athlete's perspective but I know that you are incredibly creative <laughs> um and then I know in my own practice and so many other artists practice that the you know I think we have so many lessons we can learn from athleticism and from being more in touch with our bodies and the idea of a team um so yeah I've been really looking forward to having you on here yeah no I agree I think I mean just everything that you guys have done and everyone that you've been highlighting I think it's just such a cool thing that you're doing with the this podcast and how you're um you know giving people representation and voices that may not be heard in other forms or any way so it's really cool Thanks. So can you kind of lay out what does your life look like as a professional volleyball player? And maybe even talk some about this past year in particular (laughs) as a professional volleyball player, because I know a lot has changed. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I feel like it's pretty much what people kind of expect. (laughs) Um, Mm. You know, it's just a lot of practices from the physical demanding aspect of it. We're practicing twice a day, usually weightlifting in the morning and then practice in the afternoon. Uh, And then we have games on Saturdays, usually every Saturday. And then Sunday is kind of our travel off day. So um, you're kind of always staying busy and you're staying active and you're always with your team. So you have to be very comfortable with them and feel really good with the dynamic of everything. Um, Mm. But as you mentioned, this year has been a bit different because uh, I was kind of a lot of us athletes have spoken with each other, particularly this season with COVID and everything, because you have your life outside of volleyball that makes Mm. it a little bit more manageable. But with this year and this season, it's been really difficult because um, in Europe, everything has been closed down. I think restaurants, bars, everything has been closed since October. Um, Mm. So you don't really have those outlets that are so obvious to go, you know, go out to a nice restaurant or just to hang out with your friends as much because you have to be very cautious and professional in what you're doing because if one person gets sick, then uh, your season or like your your postponing matches for like one week, two weeks, three weeks. So it's really important to put your physical health first. (laughs) And um, 
So it's been hard. It's been a bit difficult to stay motivated when you're just constantly unsure of how your season is going to go because our season was canceled right at the end last year when we were about to head into playoffs and we were like in second place. So it's a bit tough. But um, as you said, you find ways to create and you find ways to kind of release that energy that's really built up inside of you and you get really creative in how you can do that. Mm. And you're you're in France right now and the team you play for is in France. Yes. So I live in the uh, northwestern part of France, about two hours from Normandy um, mm. in a town called Nantes. And uh, I play for Volleyball Nantes and I've been here for the past three seasons now, but I've lived in France for four years. And so how does how does that even happen? Like for <laughs> me, again, I just have no idea. <laughs> You graduated high school mm-hmm. and then you went on to become, well, then did you go to college <laughs> and then you became a professional volleyball yep. player. Yep. Um, but how do you end up playing for a team in the north of France? So um, how it worked is it's very similar how you get recruited to college in high school. And essentially you just, um, once my senior season was over, you kind of know if you want to keep playing. And uh, my coach, Brent Hilliard, he had played overseas before. He was an Olympian. So he was like, if this Mm -hmm. is something you're interested in, um, we can, you know, talk about it and see if it's right for you. And so after that, I had a couple agents approach me and ask me if I wanted to play. And that's where I met my current agent, um, Ryan J. Owens, who um, said, yes, I think you have a lot of potential and you could play pro. And then you know, after you sign with an agent, they find these jobs for you, you put your highlight reel out there. And then um, it's, you know, teams come to you, essentially. Mm, So amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's so cool to me. Well, I love seeing everything you post and (laughs) and share about your life there. And I love how you're still joining these other pieces of your artistry and creativity with what's happening there Mm. um I met you doing I guess we were it was a really strange time for all of us but we were working time (laughs) very very strange somewhat difficult time I think we all came out of it with um a lot of really beautiful and wonderful things. And yeah. it was a really hard time because sure. we were working on a movie project, um, which also involved a bunch of like photography things. So yeah. you were modeling for a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff. You were wearing all these incredible clothes, incredible jewelry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so we had all this creative collaboration and yeah. then how life happens is there was something kind of traumatic in the midst of all that. And yeah. it pulled the projects apart. Yeah. But the best part to come of it was the connection with you, the connection with the jewelry designers, the clothing designers. Yeah. It was an incredible group of really women. Yeah, um, I agree. And I feel like that was just me living out like my wildest dreams of like being on yes. a set and getting like having these amazing women like being there to support me and like Ugh. like dress me and clothe me and make me look yes. just feel so good about myself. So, I mean, it was a tough time. It was magical. It was really it magical. Was magical. Like, un- I still have not felt that feeling like in any other mm-hmm. aspects of my life, but like it was nice to feel like how that was. Well, and that's how I know you is this like creative force. And you're, you're just, I mean, you <laughs> force is probably a good word for you because you really <laughs> truly are. And I think a lot of that comes from like the comfort in your skin and the comfort with your, your creative power. For sure. So can you talk some about the connection between that creative, you know, energy you hold and your athleticism? Yeah, of course. I think you kind of said it in the beginning, there is a bit of like a disconnect, I feel. And Mm. I feel like with this energy that people have, and that is obviously a long, a lot of times pent up that that you just have to find a way to release it and especially with being a professional athlete um being very physically comfortable in your body and then working Mm. day in and day out like you have to have an outlet and um sometimes you try to figure out what that is I think the first couple years I wasn't sure but I knew you know little things like even if I'm not um, on your level of like painting, um, you know, like I know it's just something fun that I can do for a couple hours, um, whether it be writing and just getting my emotions out. I mean, sometimes I start baking, like if I'm baking 
like a lemon drizzle in the kitchen on like Saturday at midnight, like I still feel oh, fine. Dang. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I still just like having a good time with it. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I think you have to in these aspects be very connected with who you are and being very aware of how you can release those energies, whether they be negative or maybe it's a lot of um, built up positive energy, but you just have to release it in a really creative way. And so I think it's really important to just be very in tune with what you need and how you're going to go about it. And the best part about it is that you don't have to be necessarily great at something, but as long as you feel Mm. good and you feel like you're doing something that makes you happy and you're releasing something, the serotonin, then I think that's what's most important, you know? Mm. And is there an element to creativity when you're playing? Like when you're on the, is it the court? Yeah. (laughs) I'm really showing my, my, (laughs) I almost said field, okay? I'd be like, the indoor field. We're getting there. (laughs) We're working on it. It's okay. It's great. It's great. We're doing good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, what, is there a creative element to, to that time period for you? I think so. I think um, you have to be very uh, creative when you're playing these different teams. For instance, just as an example, if I'm playing one team a week and each mm-hmm. different team has a different strength, I have to bring in something new and I have to find something to uh, mm-hmm. be deceptive or you know aggressive in a different way. And I think that's a really cool challenge for me because then you get creative and you're able to really express yourself and your dynamicism Mm. and be able to use that in a really positive way. And then on top of that, you know, you're releasing all this energy by, and for me, like playing a game that I love, you know, it's not about me just going to work. Like I get to go play volleyball (laughs) for my, you know, for my job. So um, going into the game, it's always something new and it's always something exciting and it's always a way to express myself and, feel really comfortable and confident in what I've been doing because I've been practicing for over 10 years of my life. So it's something I feel very comfortable in. Mm, amazing. Mm-hmm. And the, the unique, the unique difference I think is that you have this group of people that you're constantly collaborating with yeah. to make each of these games happen, to make each practice happen, to make Absolutely, what leads yeah. up to each practice happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that is, I think and we talk about this a lot, like so many of the challenges that artists face and so many mm-hmm. of the um, the like misconceptions about being an artist or the mm-hmm. stigmas that we feel really bound to tend to be pretty easily solved by community yeah, <laughs> um, and by investing in community. And so what what has teamwork taught you about community and about collaboration? Yeah, Um, I think what's so neat about it is, as you said, with our team, just in general, you already have a community built in with uh, 12 girls and then two of our coaches and our physios. But it's the people you meet outside of that because everything is kind of very interconnected and it's a network Mm. of people. So the biggest thing that I've learned is that you're capable of so much more when you put people's different strengths to different uses. So something that maybe Mm. I'm not comfortable with, maybe my coach or my player is very comfortable with, and they're able to bring a different perspective or a different strength to something that we might need. And you're just able to accomplish a lot more goals because you have a group of people just working together to reach the highest goal, whether it be Um, winning a championship or changing something in your community if we're doing some community work or outreach you know we're able Mm -hmm. to do a lot more work with a lot less effort because you're just enjoying each other and you're feeding off one another and kind of bouncing back and forth it's it's really easy once that conversation and that dialogue gets going yeah that's such a good lesson for I think all creatives because Mm -hmm. I think we just have a tendency to feel like we have to do every element right. and we have like our weaknesses. We just have to solve them. Right. You're like, of... get over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to come up with a, a solution and it has to be independent and it has to all yep. come from ourselves and, Absolutely. and what we make has to be from ourselves. And I, I just think, you know, what you model as a team um, is just an important lesson for us, us to 
learn from and, yeah. and model in other ways in the creative world. Yeah. And I think um, it really reminds us too, that like, I mean, it's good to ask for help or to lean on one another. Yeah. Like there's no harm or shame in doing that. And I think um, once we kind of accept that, that we don't have to be alone doing something and creating yeah. something that um, that's kind of where a lot of the power is found and a lot of the results. And as we say, like magic is found in all of it, you know? And you've found another way to use your platform and each mm. game really in particular in a powerful way. Um, I've seen over, I think it's been over the last year, maybe two years. Yeah. And you can say this in better words than me, but you're using each game to highlight and spread awareness about the MMIW epidemic. Can right. you talk some about that? Yeah, of course. Um, well, I guess I think I don't, it's crazy how fast time is going. Like I can't even think about when mm. it kind of began. When it started. <laughs> when we started it because um, once again, it was kind of a group collaboration. Um, really? How we started it was, uh, my mother and who's a wonderful woman she's always been there for yes. me and supports me more than anyone but um she was speaking with lily mendoza the um founder and kind of creator of the red ribbon skirt society um in my hometown and it's this nonprofit that brings awareness to missing murdered indigenous women and children and it creates resources and um, a center for healing for people that have been affected um, by these tragedies. And so I remember kind of being overseas. I, I think it was in my second year. And I kind of just, I don't know, I was sitting down and I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I knew what I was doing, but I just, I was reflecting in a way that I was like, how am I making someone better? Or how am I helping? Because I felt like I was just in a state where I didn't feel like I was contributing something in a good way. I don't know. I was, I was in a weird Zen reflection moment and, um, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I saw, you know, you're like, <laughs> how, what am I doing with my life? Yep. <laughs> and, um, and it ended up being that, uh, I was seeing all these women, these amazing strong women protesting and at marches and speaking up for people mm. who either have been silenced or don't feel comfortable speaking or have had their voices taken and I felt like I was incapable of contributing to mm. this community because I was so geographically displaced from everything that was happening and then um, I saw Rosalie Fish who is she was in high school at the time but she was uh, running I think she was in high school she was a high school track runner and she wore the red handprint symbol over her face to represent mm. um, MMIW and um, to bring awareness to it. And then it made me realize that that community and being an athlete can be connected and that I just have right. to find something that works for me. Yeah. And so we first started off with um, me trying to wear the handprint in one of my matches and doing the similar um, yeah. thing as Rosalie, but then it was kind of shut down because I have to remain neutral while I'm on the court. But um, gotcha. that's where also this big community overseas in France became very helpful for me because I had a lot of people supporting me and helping me along the way saying, mm -hmm. okay, how can we make this work? And so I was able to wear red um, kinne tape because I could argue that it was for my pulled hamstring or something. Yeah. And so we were able to write MMIW and put a red dress on my arm during a game. And that kind of snowballed from there. And my mom was wow. speaking with Lily Mendoza. And we were like, what is something we can do to try to help bring more awareness on a bigger platform to an international scale? And um, that's when we got the idea for every game. We would dedicate it to a woman, a girl, or a child, an indigenous yeah. child who is missing or who has been um, murdered by this epidemic. Mm -hmm. And so um, it also reminds me as a player to just take a minute and kind of put myself back in a place where I can honor these lives and yeah. bring support to them. And, um, really just bring a voice to them because at the right. moment they don't have one or they have been silenced. And so um, we were just trying to find a way to make it more meaningful, you know, make yeah. something what I'm doing 
impactful. And um, that's how we came up with that. And then um, after that, I got asked to be an ambassador for the um, Red Ribbon Skirt Society, a mm-hmm. Healing the Globe ambassador. So since then, we've just been kind of carrying on with that and trying to keep educating people and continuing to do the work that we can. And there, there's so much power just initially in just naming people, yeah. um, bringing their stories to the surface again, yeah. often, especially with how our news systems and media right. um, works. So um, exactly. with such little equity, that the platform that you're giving to even a name and a story and a face yeah. is really powerful Mm -hmm. how how has the local response been with your team or with france folks that come to your games (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) folks um yeah and the french foreign folks (laughs) and things um no i will say it's been for the most part pretty positive uh my team Mm -hmm. is amazing i have the really like amazing support from them um as i told you kind of gave you an example they even though i was told i couldn't wear the red handprint over my face they did everything that they could to make sure that i could still get my message across and they've always been so beyond supportive of me so i've been Mm. really lucky with that um and then after that then more you know it's the same thing it's opening that dialogue to be had and not making it a taboo subject where it's just something that's ignored and kind of brushed under a rug and so because it needs to be talked about and so um French locals they were I think they were really taken aback because when I told them about it they were like what like I'm sorry what like you know it's shocking statistics and even people within Canada and the United States like they don't know what's happening either so I couldn't expect you know the French culture to know it if our own like (laughs) towns and cities and states where it's Mm -hmm. happening in don't know about it and so I had pretty good feedback from it but of course when you're speaking about these things um, you always have some type of pushback and Mm. I would have um, people come up to me and be like that's not happening not like today like still not happening today I'm like I'm I'm showing you names like I'm I'm telling you everything like it is happening today the statistic was from 2016 like I don't it was, you know, it was hard for them, I think, to come to grasps with because, as we said, it's staggering and it's shocking and it's horrific. And um, the only other pushback that I've had is um, it's not necessarily me speaking about it, but it's just that how everything is connected with colonialism and mm-hmm. um, white, like, oppressors and the European yeah. oppressors. You know, it's this mentality that maybe they are not the ones who Mm -hmm. contributed to it. So Mm -hmm. either they're, it's not in their realm or business to be dealing with it, I guess. And Mm -hmm. so um, even these harmful stereotypes of dressing up as an indigenous person for either Halloween or mascots or for um, festivals and whatever it is, um, that contributes to Mm -hmm. (laughs) this problem and the sexualization of these women in a very Mm -hmm. scary way and so um there was a time where I saw like cowboys and Indians like during a halftime show of the Coupe de France and I spoke out against it and then I had people come up to me and be saying like no 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 but it's not what you think like we're honoring your culture we're we're doing it in a good way (laughs) and I'm like I'm directly telling you (laughs) as an indigenous person like this is something that is contributing to what is happening in our communities in a very Mm. bad, harmful way. So, um, you know, it's just them, the people who did tell me this was them kind of, I think, trying to feel better about it by saying that they just love the culture, they they love where it's coming from, but then they just never wanted to learn about the hardships of it and like what it means to be indigenous and the targets that you have on your back because of that. Wow. Was there any repair that happened after? I remember seeing that happen with um, kind of in real time on your feeds. Yeah. Did anything get repaired there? Um, No, it kind of just kept getting to like, uh, what's the word? Like a bunch of, 
dead ends. Yeah, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. I was like, yeah. my English is so bad now. <laughs> but it just kept, <laughs> I can't remember basic words. But yeah, it just kind of oh led to a lot of dead ends because when I tried to like speak to the team, it was just like, no, it's actually not the team. It's LNB. And then it's like, it's not the LNB. It's this. So yeah. it just kind of seemed like, you know, but I haven't seen anything like that since at halftime shows. So I guess that's a start. But um, the repairs that did come from it was that it once again opened that conversation. And I think after people, I spoke about it more, they started understanding. And then that's when the locals started to want to help and contribute. So I know mm-hmm. I had like a lot of um, journalists come up, to, come up to me and ask me about it and wanted to do interviews on it in like the local newspaper, regional newspapers, so that they're like, we want to help as much as we can, even if it's in like a small way. Um, mm-hmm. We had like um, video crews be like, we highlight athletes and we would love to highlight what you're doing with the MMIW um, epidemic and how you're helping combat that. And we just want to help and contribute into uh, being positive and putting healing out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, where we had once kind of stepped back, we had three steps forward from people that were really willing to contribute and help in such a good and respectable way. Like they, all they wanted to do was be respectful and to, help me kind of spread that message wow how how do you take care of yourself as I'm assuming the only indigenous woman around you right now is you (laughs) um your family hasn't been able to visit for some time um you're pretty far from community uh how are you taking care of yourself um I mean, it changes from day to day. I kind of have to listen to what my body needs. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just, I really make sure that I'm speaking to people that make me feel good and that understand Mm -hmm. where I'm coming from. And um, a lot of my friends who maybe they aren't indigenous, but they are um, from a different country or a different culture. Also, we kind of go back and forth and have these hard conversations in a very easy way where we're being very open with one another and Mm -hmm. um, just being very transparent. And I think having conversations and still talking and hearing other people's stories and their journeys is something that um, is just not saying like, oh, it's a good feeling, but it's something that it like relieves that tension of knowing like, yeah, we all are in this together and we're all trying to work Mm -hmm. to make it better and to find healing spaces for these, um, for these issues. And on top of that also, um, I started like, for instance, things take care of myself individually. Um, I I was taking like online courses to make sure that I could be Mm -hmm. as educated as I could in different matters in Canada. Like I took this indigenous Canada class so that I'm just, educating myself and making sure that I'm doing what I can also on the other side of things and not just speaking, but listening. Mm. Um, And then, you know, just Mm. like kind of small things, like I've been meditating more where it's like, I take time to really just quiet my mind so that I can really clear everything up. Um, I've been smudging with my abalone shell. So Mm. um, with some sage, so it's, I think just kind of feeling out what I need and then um, really surrounding myself with some really amazing people. And I guess uh, your team as a whole has also been in real time doing the work of raising some awareness around the disparities that um, female pro athletes face daily as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) What do you hope for in the future of women's professional sport? You know, I think it's just this equity and visibility that we women deserve. And it's not just even in professional sports, as we know, because there's a lot of disparities Mm -hmm. in a lot of professional areas dealing with women versus men. And I think it's just making sure that we have equal representation because um, Mm -hmm. there is this notion that because we're women, we are not as athletic as men or Uh, The competition is different or, you know, it's just like this old archaic stereotype (laughs) that like we don't work as hard or our bodies aren't as strong (laughs) and all of these things on top of it. You know, it's like, well, that's a women's sport. And it's like, (laughs) Uh so 
I'm just hoping, I mean, that there's really just more visibility and people are getting what they deserve and how much they work hard. And I hope people are able to see that because I think um, being around so many powerful women um, daily and then seeing other powerful women on other teams and how they're helping their communities, it's, mm. it's really important that that gets recognized on a global scale. And um, yes. my biggest thing is, you know, I just think we can work together. And I mean, even if it's up to women to change that, like, I know we'll get it done and we'll keep mm -hmm. fighting for what's right. So, I mean, I'm very confident that we're on the right path to getting there. We just have to keep mm -hmm. pushing. I love it. <laughs> Ooh, um, so our final question that yes. we ask everyone is, Lauren, what does it mean to you to create well? Mm. <laughs> um, to me, creating well is creating something that will make impactful change that will mm. inspire others to mm. find something that they believe in or find something that they're passionate about and absolutely run with it until they cannot run anymore and they, mm. you know, inspire other people. And I think that's kind of what it's all about is just coming together and learning and growing from one another beautiful and where can people follow along with your games with what you're raising awareness for and support the work that you're doing yeah absolutely um the best on my probably on my social media is the best way where i post everything about um the different women and the different their stories um just lauren shad usually is my name i've kind of kept it simple but um, also on the Red Ribbon Skirt Society website and on Facebook. Mm. Um, when I'm back home, I'll be able to volunteer, but they just opened up an office in Rapid City, which is huge yes. um, because, you know, uh, we had a meeting just last month and we said it's not just about educating and bringing awareness mm. anymore. It's about now making the change and demanding Dang. justice and um, impl like making implementations about these yeah. uh, legislation or whatever else it may be. So, now we're in the next steps of having um, Lily and the Red Ribbon Skirt Society of having an office now that we can start making moves towards bigger change. That's so exciting. A yes. physical space makes a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. So good, we're very excited good. about it. <laughs> well, I cannot wait till the next day we get to collaborate. I know. <laughs> take photos. I'll have to and dye my hair purple or something to yes, make it as good. We need to change it up. <laughs> um, but thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, of you course. really are an inspiration to me and um, a leader in so many ways. So thank it's so, so great much. having you. Thank you. I'm just, I'm just forever grateful that despite that time that was really Oof. tough for us, that we <laughs> were able to come out of it very positively. And I was able to learn from you and just um, see how you've grown as a person too. So it's always been such a pleasure for me to be your friend and your partner too, just to watch you grow. So thanks. Lauren. Yes, of course. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and now for the create well challenge of the week. And this week's Create Well Challenge is to learn more about MMIW, especially if this is the first time you're hearing about it. Some organizations doing amazing work are the Red Ribbon Skirt Society and Rising Hearts. And this week's song is Losing Finding by Rachel Rose. Check. Can you keep the double in? and find